0: Let's just pray, shall we? And Father, I just pray for every single person in this room, Lord, that you will speak to their hearts. Thank you, Father, for your word just flowing today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, so this is Conversations with God, part three. So if you'll remember, in July, a long time ago now, five months ago, we started to look at the Lord's Prayer and to look at how powerful the Lord's Prayer is if we take it and we understand what each part of it means. So do you remember that? I'm just going to do a quick recap because it was quite a long time ago. And I did a quick recap. I don't usually do this, but I spent yesterday listening to myself preaching Do you know it's really funny listening to yourself because you don't realise what your voice sounds like? And I have a little laugh that goes "Ah," or something. That's how it comes across. Well, it's going to be on there again, isn't it? This now. But hey, anyway, I have to laugh. Um, But the Lord's Prayer. So this is how Jesus taught us to pray. And we took the different words. And I started with our. Just looking at our. Jesus is saying, my father is your father, our father, okay? His father is your father. And it doesn't matter what our fathers have been like. None of them, whether good, bad, none can compare with our heavenly father. Who we belong to defines us. He is good and gives us good gifts. So we need to trust him. We looked at how good he is, how he always wants to give us good gifts. And Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our father, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. So right at the beginning when we're saying our father, right at the beginning, he defines us. And then in heaven, God is on his throne in heaven. And he is on the throne in our hearts. He's in our hearts. You can't get any closer than that, can you? He's in our hearts. He has made his home with us. And we saw in 1 John 4, verse 15, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And then it says, hallowed. Be your name. So we serve a holy God, hallowed. Hallowed means holy. We serve a holy God and his name is holy. His name is so powerful. He is to be revered. We are to take note of what he says, what he's asking us to do. Holiness talks about being set apart. And in those days, there were so many different gods. And Jesus was saying, hallowed be his name. He is holy. He is a holy God that is set apart. He is different from all the rest. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is more of a cry from our hearts. It's a cry because we want to see the rule and the dominion of God on the earth. And God is looking for those who will actually put his rule and dominion in force. Because he has given us authority. And we need to come to the point where we say, yes, we're going to live for you 100%. We are set apart. Now, do you remember, it actually was the the last baptism service that we did in July... And I brought my breadboard here, those of you who might remember, and I had a breadboard, and it was, um, I've had it all my marriage, and it's for bread only. It's not for anything else. Nobody's to cut a tomato on it. Nobody's to spill any juice of any kind on it. It is for bread, and bread only. And we have been set apart for God, and for God only, not for the devil to use, Not for us to use, but not for other people to use, but for God. You know, it's a fantastic picture. And the breadboard is something that's always available in my house. Always available. Not like the crystal that's away in a cabinet that I get out at Christmas. Do you remember? I bought those glasses, those of you who are here. The breadboard is always available. And we need to always be available for God. So Matthew 6, um, 9 to 13 is, is where I'm reading the Lord's Prayer from. And you know the Lord's Prayer, you know I said this at the beginning of um, part one, the Lord's Prayer is used at funerals, it's used at weddings, it used to be used in school assemblies, and hopefully it is in schools that still use it. But not every school has an assembly anymore. For all of us will know a version of it or will have heard it spoken. So let's just say it all together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. That line is an added in line, but it's not in the Matthew passage. Okay, so today, so that was a really, really quick recap, and you're probably going, Pastor Claire, I can't remember half of that. Get the podcast. Um, Listen to it, um, because there was quite... A lot of good stuff in there, I thought. Yeah, I quite enjoyed listening to myself. Okay, so give us this day our daily bread. So we're going to just unpack this. So first, give. Give. It's an expectation, isn't it? An expectation that you will receive something. Give us. Yeah, Alan, give me that bottle of water. See, I expect to receive it. Give me a kiss. <laughs> 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 there's an expectation that we're going to receive something. It doesn't say, it, there's, it, there's not any begging here. It's not a please, 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 Lord, please, please, please. There's no begging. It is a give us this day. Give us today. There is an expectation. This word give, it means bestow, bring forth, commit, deliver. All words like that. And it's all to do with putting something into your hand. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to give to you everything that you need for today. Put it in your hand. But notice it's part of the prayer. Give us this day. Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. We don't think we're worthy enough. But listen, we've just had a whole series about the Supreme Court and everybody in this room should know I'm innocent. I can stand before the Lord and say, Give me today what I need because of everything that he has done for us. We saw in, when we looked at Father, we saw God is good and his gifts are good. And I'm just going to read from Matthew 7, 7 to 12. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. knock. good gifts to those who ask him. He has so many good gifts lined up for us. We had our leader's Christmas meal and one of the leaders, I think it was Bob, was it Bob? You said, I thank you for the gift of my wife. She's been God's gift to me. And that's maybe how some of us feel in here about our husbands and wives. You know, gifts aren't just to do with presents. There's other things around us. You know, the gift of a home, gift of a roof over our head. God wants to give us good gifts. He wants us to have a good life. You know the word good in the Bible, I know it talks about love being the most excellent way, but you know, if you think about creation, God looked and he said, It's is good. Good speaks of virtue. You can't really get any higher than good. You know on our tick list, when you go somewhere, it asks you, was this thing poor? Average? Good? Excellent. And we think we've got to go higher. But in God's, in God's, in here, in the Bible, good is, is high. Good is high. Good is the best. He looked and he went. Wow, you are good when he created you. That's amazing, isn't it? And we serve a good God and he wants to give you good gifts. Okay, us. A little word, us. But there's another little word that's not here in the Lord's Prayer and that's me. It says us, give us. See how many of us, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, just think about ourselves and what we need. But this prayer says us. The interesting thing about the Lord's Prayer is, up until now, it's all been about God, it's all been about Him. He's a good Father. It's all been about his kingdom and his will. It's all hallowed be your name. We're praising him for everything he's done. There is a change that takes place now because it starts to be about us. Give us today our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Forgive us. So there is a change because it's now about us. We've put him first and now... It's about us. It's a reminder that he didn't create you and me to be independent. He created us to be in unity, to be dependent upon one another. Acts 2, 42 to 47 talks about how the new church was living and in verse 44 that it reminds us that the early church were together and had everything in common. No one lacked anything. There was a sharing. We're in this together. So when we're praying, give us today our daily bread, it's not the, because sometimes in England we use it as a, a slang way of saying, you know, can you give us that? Can you give us that? And we're talking about ourselves. But here, it's plural. It's us. It's all of us. Give us today. Give me. Give Joy and Kiwal. Give Sasha and Joe. Say your name. Or say the name of the person next to you as you're praying Is give all of us everything that we need. You see, God wants us to think outside of ourselves. It's everybody. I want you to think about the feeding of the 5,000. Okay? So we looked at this when we did the series on John at the beginning of last year. My goodness, that was nearly two years ago. And uh, I look. I've brought King's Mill today. King's Mill 5050. This is Joe's favorite bread. I love to give my son what he likes. Um, but anyway, I want to talk about the feeding of the 5,000. See, Jesus looked to heaven and he gave thanks, and then he take, took the bread and he broke it. But what did he do with it? Okay, what did he do with it? Elizabeth, come here, Elizabeth. He put the bread into the hands of his disciples and he said to his disciples, go and give. So just go and give. Joy, go and give. You see, give us today our daily bread. And this feeding of the 5,000 wasn't just about feeding the disciples, it was about feeding everybody So when you pray, God, give us today our daily bread, you're actually asking God not just to give for you, but to give for others. And God may put more in your hand because you are the person that he's going to use to bless somebody else. So are you ready for that? Are you ready to receive so that you can give? See, we are ministers and we carry food for others. And you know, it's not just physical food, it's spiritual food as well. You know, when you spend time with the Lord each day, you're asking for him to give you that daily bread, that spiritual bread, because I need to be fed spiritually. Jesus said in the desert, man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. See, are you living every day by the word of God? That's bread. He is bread. I am the bread of life. So we carry food for others, and we need to be ready to give it. So let's take the next bit. Depending on your version, it will say this day, or daily, or today. And in fact, I think the Living Bible translation actually says for tomorrow. Okay? But it doesn't matter. It's talking about a day. It's talking about now. The point is the same. Give us today what we need. See, so if you look in Exodus 16 16, and, and around that chapter, we read all about the manna from heaven that was given when the Israelites were in the desert. And they were told to go and gather as much as they needed for that day. And so, you know, you can just see it, can't you? The, the, I don't know if the men who were involved, or the women, or whoever it was, but somebody would grab a dish, and they'd go out, and they'd pick up the manna off the ground. And they didn't have scales to weigh them in. Can you imagine? They're like, I want to get as much as I can. I want to get as much as I can, so that I can feed my family. But actually, if you then read in verse 18... Um, it says, but God made sure that each each family had what they needed. It said when they looked at what they had or when they found what they had, each family had what they needed. Isn't that interesting? See, God knows what my family needs. I've got grown-up children. But if you've got small children, God knows what you need for your family. God knows if you've got family abroad that you have to take into account or whether your family is just here in the UK. God knows. God knows everything that you need and he makes sure that you as a family have everything that you need. There's an interesting scripture I found. Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9, says, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. It's a very interesting proverb, isn't it? But basically, this proverb is saying, you know, when you live because you haven't got much money, you live by faith. You know, we call it living by faith. Actually, all of us should be living by faith. doesn't matter how much money. We should all be living by faith. But we have this phrase, don't we, we use when we don't get, I'm I'm living by faith, you know. And there have been times when Alan and I have really had to live by faith. You know, when we weren't getting paid, when we, different stages, different stages where um, when we were down in Horsham and the church couldn't pay us, when we were up here and the church couldn't pay us, and we had to trust God. And we saw some amazing gifts. We saw bags of food left on our doorstep. But every day we had to really make that decision that we were going to trust God to provide for us. And we actually have a season where we talk about being fed by ravens, when we had a homeless person live with us, and he I don't know where he got his food from, but he'd go out and he'd come back with some food at night, we'd just make sure it was he hadn't stolen it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but we went to the Lord, and we said, Lord, can we eat this? And he, he took us to that scripture about Elijah being fed by ravens, and he said, if, if Elijah could be fed by ravens, why can't you be fed? by this guy. It's very, very humbling. Very humbling. But he bought me this massive of washing powder, didn't he? A ham joint at Christmas. That was huge. I mean amazing things he 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 found. You know. But anyway. But the thing is when you're in that situation you really cry out to God. But when suddenly you've got a bit more money and life becomes easier and you're able to put savings away, and you start saving up, and when something happens, you can go to the savings account. And when you start, it's very easy to stop putting your trust in God. And it suddenly becomes in what you have. Now, I'm not saying it's not right to save. Please don't hear that. What I'm saying is, if we're not careful, we stop looking to God as our source, God as our provider, God to give us the daily bread. And there's two ways to look at this. You see, there's the physical, he wants to give you everything you need. There's the spiritual, he wants to give you everything that you need. And the thing is, if you just treat it as the physical and you get to that comfortable position of, well, actually, I've got everything, then you're in a danger zone. Because you're forgetting the spiritual, because every day God wants to give you daily bread for today. He wants to give you something from the Word, because He is the bread of life. He wants to give you something to live by. Give me today our daily bread. What do you want me to do today, Lord? Where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to minister today? What's that fresh revelation that I need to grab hold of today? That's daily bread. Not yesterday's bread, but today's bread. There's something about throwing ourselves daily on God. We need to rely on him God is concerned about our physical needs. And Matthew 6, 25 to 34 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You have little faith. So do not worry saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Hold on a minute. Haven't we said that already? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, we've already prayed your kingdom come. And how does his kingdom come and his will be done? It's through you and through me. We seek his kingdom first. What an interesting phrase for Jesus to use, each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, this is Jesus saying it, you know, each day has enough trouble of its own. But why do we worry? Why do we worry? See, worry, worry is a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Worry doesn't change anything. The situation stays exactly the same. But you could spend a whole day worrying and not accomplish a thing. It's an absolute waste of time. I mean, I haven't got time to worry, have you? No. No. There is so much to do for God. I haven't got time to worry. That's why we come to Jesus. You see... I've got another £10 note here. What do you think of these plastic £10 notes? It looks quite nice, doesn't it, I suppose? It looks quite nice. Do you think it looks attractive? Wouldn't you like to have a whole load of them? But do you know something about this? It's only money. It's only money. God is my source. This isn't my source. Just gonna stand on it because he has no authority over me. Yes, God provides for me, He provides for you, but I'm not ruled by it. I refuse to be ruled by it because God gives me every day everything that I need. He is an amazing God, He's an amazing God, and I think sometimes. You know, when we're in those difficult situations, I mean, when Alan and I first got married, I was the one that worried over money, not Alan. I worried over it. And lo- we had lots of arguments about money. And it was like I would get all heads up about it can we do this? Can we do this? But I don't anymore. I just haven't got time to worry about it. It's not the end of the world if I have to have a chicken on Christmas Day and not a turkey. It's not the end of the world. There are things that are far more important. I haven't got time to worry. But God wants to supply everything that you need. Money is to serve you. He puts it in your hand. Do you remember? Give us this day. He puts it in your hand for you to use. Uh, we were somewhere and, and a preacher was giving um, his testimony about how he went to a conference and he went to give $50, he was American, $50, and he put $50 in the offering. And as he put $50 in, he said, Lord, I want to give 100 next time. Next time he went, he had $100. And he put it in and he said, I want to give 200 next time. Next time he had 200 he put it in and he said, Lord, I want to give 500 next time. Next time he went, he had 500. I think Alan might have said this at some point. Did you say it? I can't remember. Anyway, he went, and he'd worked his way up, because all the time, God wants to put seed in your hand to sow. He went with a check for 50,000 pounds of dollars, because that's what he felt to give into this offering. And when he was there, the person at the front said, whatever you have in your hand, I want you to double it. And he said, Lord! (laughs) And in obedience, he did. He doubled it and he put it in. And he has seen amazing blessing in his life. Now, that was something he did and he had faith to do. But I'm just trying to say, you know, what do you have faith? What are you praying for God to give you so that you can put into the hand of somebody else? See, bread... Oh, anyway, bread. Bread, where does it come from? It comes from the supermarket. (laughs) Most of us go to the supermarket, don't we? And we find it on the shelf. But there are so many factors that come together to get your loaf of bread on the shelf. We used to call this plastic bread because it's got so many plastic things in it, additives, rather than going down to the baker and getting that freshly baked loaf. Nice. But bread speaks of covenant. Okay? Genesis 8.22, God promised Noah about seed time and harvest. And every time we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are praying that seed time and harvest will never fail, that God will fulfill his promise to you, to provide you with everything that we need. Bread signifies that which is necessary for life. I'm just going to scoot down because I've said some of this already. John 6.35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He is our creator and he is our sustainer. He is the one who sustains us. He is the one who gives us everything that we need. And I'm just going to read another big chunk of scripture. I like reading scripture. John 6, 32 to 40, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Did you know that there are two words for bread? It's obvious if you think about it, but I don't think we always do. There's two words for bread. Uh, One means unleavened bread, and one means bread with yeast. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he says, I am the bread with yeast. I am the risen. I am the risen bread. I am the bread of life. And what does he say at the end here? And I will raise them up at the last day. You know, when that bread is broken It's to do with the understanding of the word. He gives us this. And it can just be... Sorry, I'm turning spiritual now. You know, he gives us the word, but it's up to us. We need to take the word. And he breaks it for us, to reveal it to us, to give us revelation so that we can give to others. But we have to receive him. That We have to receive that bread of life. So we have the physical... We have the practical demonstration of his promise. If we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, all these things shall be added to us. Okay, if we seek him, he adds everything to us. And then we have the spiritual. We who believe in Jesus will never again have that feeling of emptiness because Jesus Is in you. You know, I have the joy of becoming a Christian when I was six years old. And when people say, Do you remember what it's like to be unsaved? I have absolutely no idea what it's like to be unsaved. And I praise God for that. But I've heard lots of people say there was an emptiness inside that needed to be filled. You see, the bread of life, Jesus, he fills that emptiness so that you never have to feel that emptiness again. Jesus said in John 4, he says, John 4 verse 34 to 38, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I just want to then, let's just go back to the Lord's Prayer, go back to the different things that it says. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we've had this great cry out to God. And then Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And what does he say? My food is to do the will of him who sent me. So he wants to see... His will be done. Your will be done. And then he says, "And give us today our daily bread." Do Do you see what I'm trying to say here? It's not just about the practical. It's about the if our food is to do the will of the Father. It's he meets our physical needs, but there is a spiritual need as well, because God has something for you to accomplish for Him. Give me the sustenance, the strength, give me the food, give me the things that I need to accomplish everything that you've called me to do. The clothes to wear, the car to drive in, the house to live in, the food that I need to eat and to feed my family, the food for my wider family, put money into my hand that I can give to others so that I can bless others. There's that physical, but then there is this here, God, I need that word today. I need that word that sustains me, that that sustains my weary soul, that speaks life to my body that fresh revelation that I can take and I can sow into others' lives, that word that's going to bring healing and wholeness into somebody's situation. Lord, give me that word, that daily bread that feeds my spirit. Thank you, Lord. See, give us this day our daily bread. Today... He says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Life, life, life. We need the physical to live our life to the full. You know, if we lack certain foods and nutrients, we might lack energy or or our, our skin won't be good and different things affect us. And God wants to give us everything that feeds our body. You know, we live in a world where more and more of our children particularly are having allergies to things. That's not what God wants. God wants to feed you with food that is blessed, that is going to feed your body. And if you have suffer from an allergy today, whatever it is in your body, an allergy or what's the other word? Allergy or an intolerance. If you have an intolerance to something, I want you to actually declare your healing over your body. That's not what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to suffer in that way. God has designed, he has created God. He's designed your body to work. And so as you take communion today, I want you to grab hold of your healing. I want you to say, healing is mine. Give us. Give us today our daily bread. He's offering it and it's you take it. It's yours. Now, you know you, you might need to go and get checked out by the, by the doctor or whatever it is, you might try a little bit at home. You'll know whether you've received your healing, okay? But I'm just saying, take hold of it. But what else do you need? You see, that bread of life is here. God provides you with everything that you need. See, communion, sometimes I don't think we understand how powerful communion is. We don't understand how powerful. He's saying, I am the bread of life. Life, everything that you need. If you need provision, if you need peace. Maybe, you know, we're coming up to that time of year, aren't we, where... We have to spend time, some of us, with people that we don't necessarily want to spend time with. But you know, God can give you the patience, whatever it is that you need, the grace. It's a question of asking and taking hold of it. And then we have the spiritual here as well. Maybe you need, maybe you need a scripture to hold on to in your situation just saying, Lord, I thank you for that fresh revelation that you will open up your word to me. Maybe you haven't been spending time with God every day and you want to make that decision today, you know, I understand now, I need that daily bread. I need those instructions from you. Jesus had instructions from the Heavenly Father every day. He would go off into the hills, into somewhere quiet, I don't think he slept much at night sometimes. But he was, Lord, who? Who who today? Who needs healing today? He went to the pool of Bethesda and he only prayed for one because God only told him to pray for one. His food was to do the will of the Father.